Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Lumia. And we're super passionate about all things coaching, and we want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training thousands of life coaches. Let's dive into the science and magic of coaching. On today's episode, a really important topic, setting boundaries in relationships with coaching. Well, I had problems with this early on. I I think many people do. I know. Me too. I did as well. I did as well. So where, what do you think? Well, first of all, what were your problems? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So early on, um, like very early early on when I started, I was so eager to help people that, um, you know, you could have my phone number, you could have access to me all the time. Here's my address. Here's where my mom lives. Um, I, I, I think I had struggled with letting clients know um, when they could reach me, when they can't, yep. and uh, you know, through what channels they could reach me, and through what channels they can't, and it was a little more complicated for me because of um, of uh, uh, just being active on social media. Uh, the, the 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 problem I run into with clients and boundaries is um, since they've been following me in my life, um, they feel a connection to me that um, I'm not aware of. Right. So they almost see me as like a friend, like, oh, I've been, I, I know everything about you because I, I put myself out there. Uh, so the, the boundaries, if I don't draw them, they can um, assume that uh, the relationship is closer than it is, if that makes sense. It, it is. And, and I think that that's, um, that's a great point for folks who are content creators mm-hmm. to think about mm-hmm. is, you know, what are you putting out? You're projecting a persona, you're projecting a brand. Is that the person who shows up to the space of coaching, right? Yeah. You know, it's in it's interesting because my public persona, and it is a persona, is really based in Lumia, in, in being right. the CEO of the company. Right. In my own coaching practice, I do non-traditional relationships, mm-hmm. I do kink, I do shame-based identity work, I do colonized mind. And so a lot of my clients have no idea what I do in my day job. Mm, interesting. <laughs> it's yeah. a completely different subset. And that world doesn't really cross over. So it's it's easy for me to kind of engage in in peer coaching. And do you also want to keep those separate or is that intentional or is that just the way that that happens? It's really just the way the cookie crumbled. Like Mm -hmm. I I coach in one arena and I work in another. So the people Mm -hmm. who get referred to me for my private practice typically come from sources from the world of sexuality or personal referrals or, you know, people who are really looking for the specialized stuff that I do. Um, But when I started out, I was a lot more of a generalized coach. And I I first started really getting clients through the TAT platform Mm -hmm. and through the communities that we were messing around with in the early days. And I had the same affliction as you did of really wanting to help people and being available and showing myself and being vulnerable. and, And I found that a lot of my boundaries were overrun because I didn't mm-hmm. have clear agreements. I didn't have a clear understanding for myself around you know what a good boundary looked like and felt like with a client yeah, relationship. Yeah. And and I think that that's that's something that really comes with time. So you know, what advice would you give to young coaches who are just starting out with this topic? 
Yeah, well, the first thing I want to say is be easy, uh, be kind to yourself because um, it's okay to not go out of the gates with very hard boundaries. I mean, it could, it could almost be, it could turn people off. Um, um, so so uh, be easy on yourself if that's something that uh, you haven't done or you struggle with, but eventually you you the the boundaries will be formed just through trial and error. I mean, <laughs> one, yeah. one of the ways that uh, clients have... Uh, tried it to, uh, I don't know what, I mean, it's not doing it intentionally, but so they'll email me. Right. Mm-hmm. And in their email, it's like a four page email that I don't have time to read. And they'll ask me questions on the email. So what happens is they have me once a week via session, but now they're wanting me to respond to their emails to talk about. And so what I do is I say, I, you know, I read this, just let them, I read it. And I, and then all I say is let bring this into the room. That's process. Yeah. That's because yeah. if not, if I start engaging, then it's it's you know that's a boundary cross. Meaning now you're spending a lot of time um, answering answering their email back and forth. You know, and this could yeah. be a text, this could be a DM, but this is what tends to happen: is clients want more of you. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so so this is really good stuff, and you know something that I'm thinking about is the role of intuition as mm-hmm. it plays into coaching mindset, that mm-hmm. even if you're just starting out and you're not sure what your boundaries are, you're not sure what your capacity is and your thresholds are, you can always, always, always look inward and ask yourself the question, does this feel okay? Mm. Does yes. this feel okay to me? Yeah, um, and, and I gotta say, it's great that we are talking about this because you are definitely more of a private person um, I'm more of, I've always been kind of a pl- public show everything kind of, kind of document my story. So um, wh- whoever's listening to this, you're going to be able to relate to either of us or somewhere in the middle, right? So um, it's good that we're not both public or we're not both private, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And there are some uh, pieces that are very elegantly and intentionally baked into ICF coach training that mm. basically gives you the bumpers on the bowling lanes of communication. So taking the time to really get into an ICF based coach training program, learn about the competency of setting the agreement with mm-hmm. coaching because really mm-hmm. that's the world that we're living in here um, will help you. So, you know, how does this work? What are we talking about? And, and what are these bumpers on the bowling lanes? Uh, when we set the coaching agreement. It's our written contract. And it may feel silly and like minutia to put these details into your contract, Mm -hmm. but they're really important to have at the outset so that your client has it in writing, that you have record that your client has signed off on your terms. And then if something goes off the rails, you can always refer back to that contract. Yes, one of the problems, uh, not problem. One of the mistakes I've made uh, in the, in the past was uh, not putting things down on paper, and yeah. then you know they can say, "Well, it wasn't in the contract, or you yeah. never talked about this. You never said I couldn't do this. Uh, you never said I couldn't come to your house at two a.m." That was not in the in the paperwork, John. Yeah, so here, yeah. Here, I am. <laughs> here you are. Here you are. All right. So so let's let's talk about what does go into the contract. Um, when when you meet with a client, and this looks mm-hmm. different for for every every client, what do your clients typically do? When do you meet with clients? Do they set sessions at will? Is it a, a pack of sessions? No, no, not at I don't do the whole um, calendar schedule whenever you want. Uh, oh man, that gives me so much anxiety. I know a lot of lot of busy people do that. It works for them. Um, I, I schedule it via email. They ask me, I look at my calendar and I check in with myself and I'm like, okay, where can I do a session? And is that okay? 
uh, you know, without being rushed and all that. Um, so I do very few sessions these days, but that's how I do it. I, I just kind of do it um, via email, set it up. And it could be at a coffee shop. It could be via Zoom. It could be wherever. Um, but I make sure I personally know where the session is in my schedule and I'm okay with it. I don't like just waking up and then looking at the calendar and, and oh my God, I've got four sessions and just like showing up. I don't, I don't like other, other coaches do. I, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. I, I actually, I feel the same, um, simply because I have a very busy right. day otherwise. Right. And, and, and I think what you're talking about is really important in the context of when you meet with clients, because part of that is actually managing your energy as a coach mm -hmm. and looking at your calendar to know when you're going to be able to focus, when you're going to be able to be in flow, when you're going to be too tired to coach. So it, it really depends on, on how you're setting up your practice. Um, Let's wait. This is such an important, this is what you're tapping on is, is something that uh, I didn't even think about that is yeah. actually um, really important and is, is also because uh, people can assume we're only talking about boundaries um, uh, for clients, but also boundaries for yourself. And what I mean yeah. by that is we have a responsibility to show up in a good, good headspace, you yes. know? And so <laughs> if we are forcing ourselves to do sessions, when we're thinking about all these other things, it's not fair to the client. So um, a boundary also, so you can show up better or you could show up um, in a state that is uh, giving and neutral and all of that. So the boundaries, it kind of works both ways. Yeah. And part of that is is 100% calendar management. Um, mm. I have a couple clients that I meet with weekly. Every Monday we meet mm -hmm. and I know that's on my calendar. It's recurring. I build right. my schedule around right. it. It's been contracted. Um, I have some clients that'll buy like a 10 pack or a 12 pack and they'll mm -hmm. use it over the course of the year. So they'll, same thing as you, email me when they need a session, but that all goes into the contract. Um, what about when somebody is part of a program? How does that work for you? Cause you've done that before where you've had a yeah. group of people come together. Yeah. Um, so I do a lot of that. Um, I build a small team and then the coaches rotate. And so what I do is I allow to, the coach to set their own boundaries for their own session, if that makes oh, sense. Cool. So yeah. um, I, I may open it. It may be like a, you know, eight week, you know, program. Um, but usually I'm not the only coach I'm opening it. I'm closing it. I'm doing my stuff, but I have uh, rotating coaches and they set kind of their own parameters on, you know, how they, yeah. how they can be reached and how they can. I try to stay out of it. I, I met, I let each individual coach uh, create their own boundaries. Absolutely. And and a lot of coaches do run programs. So that really mm -hmm. goes into the contracting of like, well, what to expect? So, you know, right. you'll meet these times of the week, you'll have homework, and this mm -hmm. is how you, you engage and everybody's clear on the engagement. I have um, a weird one for you. How about if you're coaching as part of an experience, like at a retreat? Yes, I was just gonna yeah. say that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how does it work? Like, what does the client interface look like? How do you set those ground rules? So Noel, that's the hardest actually. That's because, really? yeah, because via email, you can, you can say, here's the contract, you know, here's the boundaries. Um, when you're sitting with a group of people in person, especially if it's intimate, meaning, you know, maybe about 10 people and it's in a very casual, relaxed atmosphere, like a retreat woods, we're sipping coffee. Um, even though it's not intentional, it's very easy uh, to quickly go from professional to, to friendly, you know? Yeah. So like, um, one of the, one of the, the, I don't want to say pro one of the things that we struggle with is after the workshop or the group session is over, 
um, it's hard to get them out of the house. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to get them back to their Airbnb because they don't sleep there. It's a small house, uh, so they just hang out and they're in your kitchen. They want to chat. They pull you aside, and uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. They want more of you, and they they also uh, feel very comfortable because you set that kind of tone. So you know, they're eating chips. They're in your kitchen. They want to talk about more stuff, and it's now nine p.m. And so before, before the retreat even starts, I, I say, and this is my boundary, I say, um, the house that you're staying in is our house. We're sleeping here. And so please respect the staff uh, after the group sessions are over. You know, there's maybe a 10 minute where you could kind of, you know, pick, you know, uh, slowly kind of, but you can't, you can't hang out here for hours. This is not, uh, uh, yeah. not a high school party. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm really, I mean, and this is something that I think it's great for coaches to get in the habit of is being very verbal with your boundaries. Yeah. I yeah. have no problem standing up in front of a room full of people and saying, it's time to go. Yeah. <laughs> out. yeah, yeah. Get out. Exactly. <laughs> Love you. We'll see you tomorrow. You may have yeah. to, you may have to do that at a retreat coming up. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And people so, are going to be following you into your hotel room. They're going to want more of you. The, uh, you know, you're like, Okay, I have, to, I have to. I have to be alone in the restroom. Okay, I'll meet and, you outside. And I think that's where you know a certain measure of just radical honesty and vulnerability comes in. You know, we yeah. do have our Lumia retreat coming up. It's you and mm -hmm. I. There's going to be a hundred people there. I genuinely want to speak to every single person there sure. and hear their story. Yeah. And something that happens for me is at the end of the day, my cup's going to be empty. Yeah. And I'm literally going to need to go sit in silence by myself, maybe yeah. hang out with some trees in order to have enough energy to get back up and do it again. And it's okay to be honest with people about that. And just and, say, and, and, you know, and also for someone like me who's an introvert, and I know you're you're an extrovert, um, it's I I I'm going to disappear into my hotel room. Like yeah. I, I, I that's what I do. Yeah. I need yeah. that I need that alone time by myself where I get I get uh uh, my nervous system is just, you know, so I can be very social, but it doesn't come uh, like for you, 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 that you get energy from the, the you know, other Absolutely. people and stuff. Yeah. I've gotten so used to your Irish goodbyes. They're just part of the experience. Yeah. The back door. Uh, wait, back where's door. John? Oh, he, yeah. oh he left. He left. He needed to go recharge. He's gone. We'll see him tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you brought this up earlier and it's, it's the long emails. It's, it's how you keep in touch with folks in between sessions. Mm -hmm. I think this topic especially is really important. So the, how you keep in touch in between sessions is part of your contract. Yes, yes. So, and if you're, look, I have coaches that um, have no problem giving uh, their phone numbers out and they're like, I want my clients to text me. That's, I wouldn't do that, but that's, you know, you, you may want to and that's okay. Or if you're starting out and you've got three clients, that may be okay for you. It, it's really personal preference, right? Yeah, so preference. Uh, what ended, so I used to have a rule, um, no texting, no social mm -hmm. media messaging, because my boundaries were really overrun in the beginning, where mm -hmm. I would have my clients texting me, I'd have mm -hmm. them Facebook messaging me, I, you know, it was it was too much, I would have yeah. those, you know, four page emails, and it was too much for me. So I put into my contract, um, that I'm available Monday through Thursday, and I'm not available Friday, Saturday, Sunday because I'm tending to myself and others and I need mm -hmm. space to recharge. Mm -hmm. And I'll do my best to respond within 24 hours, but I have lots of other duties. Mm -hmm. And unless it's like accountability updates that we've specifically agreed on in the session, then whatever it is will carry over. 
you know, to the next session yeah. in order to set that expectation. But what ended up happening is that my life got too bonkers and I am not I'm no longer able to keep up with email because of the sheer volume of emails yeah, of course, that I of course. get. Yeah. And so I actually now ask my clients to text me if they need something <laughs> because oh. I, I, yeah, I don't have that many clients. I do want to hear from them. It, the text is the best way to get yeah. hold of me. And Wait, so you know what, that, that actually probably works in your favor because they probably, for them to actually text you, it, it probably, it has to be really important then. Like maybe they, you know right. what I'm saying? Like an email is like anyone will email you, but if it's like, oh wait, she's letting me, letting me text her, I'm going to be um, selective on what, what I, because I know I don't get a lot of these cards, you know? Yeah. And it depends yeah. on the client. You know, they're, they're like, there are some clients that a te texting is actually part of our coaching relationship mm, that right. there's a, there's a conversational cadence and ebb and a flow and i really enjoy it yeah. um other clients you're right do use it really sparingly um and there are some other things that i'm thinking about uh you've worked on other apps like coaching apps so i know that like uh, noom or better up or better help they all use very formalized app-based tracking systems for client progress within sessions have you ever yeah used one? um well i was gonna say if you have a private practice um and of course not everyone wants to give away their phone number and, and but you're okay with texting you can use apps like uh what's whatsapp yep um and also there's no charges it's international that's kind of the go-to um yeah. so i would rather use apps like that and and technically it is texting without actually giving away your personal phone number because yeah. what will happen is it'll be good. They'll be respectful. And then suddenly, you know, a year later, <laughs> they'll text you and you're like, who is this person? And they're like, oh. Um, so WhatsApp is, a, is, a, is actually a great tool for that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and it is a best practice for coaches to keep in touch with their clients in between sessions so that there's a follow-up, follow-through. Yeah. And we really want the initiative to be client driven. We don't want it to be coach driven. We don't want the coach to be chasing the client. Did you do your homework? Did you take right. the action step? You know, right, we really right. want to set the client up for success with the expectation of, you know, what are you going to take away from our session? What are you going to do? And then how do you want to communicate with me once you've done it? Is it going to mm -hmm. be an email? Is it going to be a text for celebration? Is it going to be part of a system? that you use as a coach practitioner to track your client's progress that everybody can log into mm -hmm. and keep it confidential. You know, these are all options for keeping the boundaries strong. All yeah. right. So what, how do you handle it when someone violates your boundaries? How, what does it look like? What does this conversation look like with a client? Um, so, and, and what's the, what's the outcome? I'm kind, but I'm also firm. Mm. You know, um, you, uh, you you can't beat around the bush. You can't be wishy-washy. I think you have to be firm, but uh, also you don't have to be mean about it. You don't have to, you know, because yeah. uh, then they may not, they may be hurt and not come back. So, um, and also, you know, uh, real people and, and uh, uh, show up in a, in a kind way, but also uh, by example, um, it's important to be firm because you're probably coaching uh, or you may be coaching your client with, uh, their boundaries and you're going to want them to be firm with. So um, kind, but firm is kind of what I, what I, what I try to focus on. 
I, I do as well and and yeah. very direct very, yeah, very direct um and using i statements like mm -hmm. this made me feel uncomfortable when xyz mm -hmm. happened i felt i experienced mm -hmm. and let's refer back to the contract to understand the rules here um i had an experience once where a client wrote me one of those four page emails you know mm -hmm. here's all my things here's the whole download and i remember i was traveling i was in a hotel room and i responded um not in depth but just kind of like an acknowledgement i saw this and and just like a motivational you know mm -hmm. response right mm -hmm. to my absolute surprise three or four other people had been bcc'd on the oh, email wow. and all started chiming in critiquing my response as a coach oh that's horrible it, it was weird it's like sneaky yeah it's almost like uh it's almost like telling it's weird it's yeah that's uh it, that's, it was weird yeah. so you know to that end both coach and client have the right to terminate the coaching engagement at any time. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that was such a huge lesson for me in what a last straw feels like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, also trust being broken, right? So yes. the, the trust works on both sides. So clients can uh, lose trust in you, but you could also lose trust in your clients if, if um, they're not respecting your boundaries. And I used the the icf standard of confidentiality of of hey this this broke my ability to keep our relationship confidential i can no mm. longer participate in this coaching engagement it's against the ethical standards that i mm. operate in mm -hmm. um and and that's it's very clear so you know best practice is to have a refund policy in place so that you can maneuver as you need to mm -hmm. um and then using you know confidentiality so this is also a really interesting part of setting boundaries with clients because confidentiality takes place before, during, and after a session. Right. And as a coach, you can't let anyone know that a client is your client mm -hmm. um, before, during, or after a coaching engagement. So how does this work if you see someone in public? Oh, I so I have I have seen my own uh, therapist or coach in public, and um, I've also seen clients in public. Uh, and I also want to just put a note: um, yes, you, you, it's confidentiality, um, but you can, with the permission of your client, because uh, I've also had clients who, um, you know, was on with a guest on my podcast or something, something like that, and and they're okay with me uh, breaking that confidentiality. Um, but yeah, when I see People in real life, um, I don't ignore them. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't. I don't get weird, um, but I don't also allow myself to start, you know, diving into sessions or anything personal. So oh, yeah. uh, I make sure there's some distance. But of course, because uh, I've had my own therapist see me at the grocery store and like ignore me, and mm -hmm. I, I felt like that's that's a little over the top, man. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not going to follow you around. Just at least say hi to me, at least. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So this is something I would typically put in my contract and get clear on it mm -hmm. of like, and, and actually have the client sign off and discuss this. Like if we see each other in person, mm -hmm. do you want me to acknowledge right. you or right. do you want me to pretend that you're a stranger and get an up, down, yes, no, so that you know what the client's preference is? Yeah. So ask the client. Ask the client. Yeah. And then um, how about social media? What do you think? How do you engage with clients on social media? 
I mean, I, I engage with them. I just don't, uh, you know, tell the world or my clients. Um, now, if if you know, if we're like doing a live or something, and they say uh, John is my therapist or coach, that's on them. But I never, I never break up confidentiality. Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, there there might be a time like if I see one of my clients has posted an adorable picture with their kid, mm -hmm. I'm going to give it a like, right? You know, sure. um, but I'm not going to go through and like every single thing they've ever done, start yeah, conversations, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know, really, yeah. you look great in that dress, you know, right. it's like, it, it needs to be boundaried and professional. How about romantic feelings? Has this ever happened? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, tell me. Like, tell us. Um, Spill the beans. So, well, you know, in the therapy world, um, you're, you're supposed to bring that in the room and actually process it and talk about it. So, um, because it, what happens is if it's not talked about, it could get in the way of the, the sessions, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I, I would be cautious about, uh, so like, for example, if your client is attracted to you, I wouldn't say, Hey, I noticed you're attracted. I mean, that's, it's up to them yeah. you know, to, to bring yeah. it up and talk about. Um, now if there's something happening and, and, and you have feelings toward the client, that's your responsibility to kind of bring it to It is. You, you also should process that with an, your own therapist or your own coach, you know, to kind of work through it, um, instead of just jumping the gun. That's what supervision is for. Absolutely. Yes. That's yes. what supervision is for. So in coaching, um, unlike therapy, if you as a coach develop romantic feelings for your client, the mm -hmm. standard is for you to terminate coaching engagement, right? That's that's the standard. Um, how, here's a case study, and this is, this is an interesting one. It actually came up on one of the ICF ethics quizzes. You've had a session with your client, and there was like, some exuberant energy that you couldn't mm -hmm. really put your finger on. Mm -hmm. And then maybe two hours after your session, you get a text from a client who's in your city at a conference. Hey, I'm out at this bar with my friends. I would mm -hmm. really love to see you. Sure. What do you, what do you do? What do you yeah. do? I get that all the time because a DM social media. Hey, yeah. um, I mean, I'm in LA. Let's grab coffee. All that. I get, I get that all the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, and, I, and I think I, I get that because, you know, I'm, I'm quote unquote, um, a, a, you know, influencer or active on social. Um, I, I, I don't go. <laughs> I don't go. I mean, unless we are authentically have been friends for a long time. I mean, there's friends I've made, you know, in Lumia, I mean, Paul, you know, but um, unless we're genuinely friends and I, I don't, um, I, I thank them for the invite and uh, I, I'm, you know, I usually don't, don't participate. Yeah, I that is that is you have answered the question correctly, sir. Um, yeah. So so yes, in in that situation, you want to decline the invitation, and then set aside time with your client, maybe before session, after session, or a special ten minute check in of hey, this um, felt and it, however it felt authentic to you, confusing, I wasn't sure, a little yeah. off-putting. Can you tell me what your intention and need was? Yeah, yeah, just checking in with the client and making sure, you know, they're okay. To, you know, to this situation. So, all right. Um, how about when a coaching relationship ends and you're no longer under contract with a client romance friendship trips to vegas what's on the table yeah you're supposed to um 
um, have a, uh, uh, I guess you would say a termination, or you're supposed to have like a last session, like a kind of a goodbye session, recap, just creating a space for the client to um, reflect on the relationship and all that. Uh, now it's up to the client if they want that or not, but you definitely should offer that uh, so sessions don't just abruptly end, you know? Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, in the therapy world, the rule is uh, two years after terminating with the client, you can then be friends, you can be intimate, you can do whatever, but, it, but it, there's a two-year, um, I don't know what it is in the coaching world, but in the therapy world, there's an actual two-year thing. Rule. It, back in the day when I was studying coach training like 12 years ago, it was also the two-year rule. I mm. believe that that has now changed, that it's just like the end of the coaching engagement is the mm. end of the coaching engagement. But for coaches, something to think about, and it's the same for therapists, is that confidentiality never ends. Yeah, of course. Right. So if if you want to um, be great best friends with one of your clients and go on trips and go on cruises, like that's awesome. And how can you ensure that you're maintaining confidentiality and are you acting and engaging in a way that is truly reflective of your professional identity yeah. as a coach and the yeah. ICF code of ethics? And especially if you're thinking about a romantic relationship with a client, yeah. um, that's something to consider is, well, how will confidentiality fit into this whole thing? How about my brand? How about all of the ethics that mm -hmm. I hold of, of being a coach? So food for thought. Food for yes, thought. all all important and um, things that every coach in their career um, you're going to come across this. So sure, and yeah. and it's fun. I mean, it it is. I uh, do genuinely enjoy seeing my clients mm -hmm. if I'm in their city. I'll have mm -hmm. we'll have dinner, sure. um, and we'll hang socially. But it's it's professional because it's yeah, a yeah, professional yeah, yeah. engagement. So I wouldn't, you know, we're not doing shots at the table. Yeah, um, of it's you know we're having a nice meal. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's cool. I think I love it. I love that. I think that's also what makes coaching fun. You know, it I mean, is. we we're doing this because we <laughs> hopefully we enjoy people uh, and their company. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for a great conversation. Yes. And if folks want to learn more about this, this is what is taught in coach training so that you make sure you're answering the question. Am I doing this right? And come see us at Lumia. We'd love yeah, to have you. Let me, let me end with giving you Noel's home address. If you're in the area, <laughs> just drive by. Drive by. Drive by. Yeah. Throw water balloons. Let me know yes. you're outside. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Be well. Take care. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to lumiacoaching.com slash everything. Explore a new career that brings fulfillment gives you a true sense of purpose and a bold community to do it with. Lumia is ready to equip you with the tools, training, and community you will need to reach your goals. If you're ready to build a unique coaching business on your own terms while making an impact on the world at large, Lumia is the next bold step in your coaching journey. That's lumiacoaching.com slash everything. And hey, if you're waiting for a sign, this is it.